Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's a beautiful What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me. With me, as always, not in timeout in the same room anymore. Super producer Brandon Newman in the same room, uh, having freshly just farted as he closed the door in a way that's incredibly rude and unprofessional. My father, Mike Golick Sr. What about what I said is inaccurate? I, I, listen, it, it's nature, okay? I tell your mother it's, this all the time. It's just nature. It's nature for you to, when I asked you to get up and close you the did. door to the room you that did. we're doing this in, to instead of going outside and doing it like an adult, to then seal us in here with your body's noises and smells But instead. there was a fly that we got out, and I had to close the door quickly so the fly stayed on the outside and didn't interrupt the set. You see, you're presenting this like a binary as if we couldn't get yeah. the fly out and the fart out. And instead, now we're all just sitting here steeping in it. Pink eye is now a risk that's oh, on the table here. You know what? Brandon's got to be the happiest person in the world. He's already made it back home and he's out of this fart dungeon that we're sitting in right you, now. You Hello, are, Brandon, you, as you, he looks you wonderful are, you back are there. You are making a mountain out of a molehill is what you're doing. The tough part to me in this, it sounds like you two are very happily back together in the same household. This is all like family fodder. <laughs> Uh, at its height, brought live to the uh, DK Network waves. Well, the 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 behind the scenes thing about this is normally when you watch them in different shot, uh, spots, it goes to a one shot. When Mike is talking, he's the only one on camera, and I'm not. And you can do stuff. Now we're always perpetually on a two shot. <laughs> yeah. So there's no downtime. There's no no time to go look and do stuff. So I just have to do it while I'm on camera and be unprofessional. So I see, I'm not worried about those things. Yeah. Looking down at notes, fine. And that'll be great as we've got a great show for you today, despite the way it's going to smell. Make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us a five-star rating. Check us out on DraftKings YouTube, DraftKingsNetwork.com, Samsung TV Plus as well, Monday through Friday, 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern. Why are you making the face? Because you're going to get me in trouble with your mother. She's upstairs Good. watching the show, and it's over, and she's going to look at me with disgust. I'm not getting you in trouble. You are getting no. you. Much the no. same way you just chastised me when I said, wow, my voice is still pretty thrown. And you said, who fault is that? Well, since we just finished up the two days of our Golik family golf outing, I admitted it is my fault. I drank too much, I talked too much, and I did a little bit too much, and now I'm paying the price. You were pointing fingers and trying to make this about me getting you but, in trouble with mom for being that. But here's the thing. I did that with you off the air. I didn't want to sell you out on the air that you had been, you know, drunken and drunken stupor for the last two days i didn't do that you know i did it off air i wanted to protect you but since you're the one that brought it up yep i mean my god already got I mean, the text from mom he's polluted the whole house this morning so you ain't fooling anybody can you, is, is, is it possible that you do you know what it's like to not have a drink in your hand over the weekend oh yeah from can the all agree just to recap the good part of the of the, the classic this weekend as i learned with golf you harness the good and you block out the bad like a goldfish all right, so you know what? That's a good that's a good way to segue into this. So we did have the charity golf tournament yes. this weekend, the Golik Family Foundation second annual subpar classic. Brandon was out here for the tournament. He has already safely made it back home. I'm going to be out here in South Bend with uh, with Dad for the rest of this week. 
And I want to go around the room and I want to start with Brandon about what everyone's favorite part was. For people that weren't there, we had the night before, the silent auction and the live auction with a nice kickoff party where everyone got to get together, eat, drink, and be merry a little bit. We had some of the current Notre Dame athletes out there helping us out with some parts of the process over the weekend that was really cool. Marcus Freeman and some of the Notre Dame staff were kind enough to stop by and show up for the cause. We had the golf tournament yesterday where everyone went out and we got a little rain-soaked south. Bend uh, fooled us and bamboozled us a little bit this year. We had a great day last year, rainy day this year that we got through, but ultimately had a great weekend, raised a bunch of money, still waiting for the final tally on that. Uh, But Brandon, let's start with you here because Brandon is uh, of the group here, the golfer who golfs the least, and that's saying a lot considering I don't golf a ton. Brandon, this is your second, your only your first round since the tournament last year. So what was your favorite part of the weekend overall? You know what? Recognizing just how much of a sport that golf is, you know, like it's a mm. marathon of sort of sorts. You have to pace yourself. I get wrapped up in the food very quickly. Um, I, I usually miss the tenth hole because I'm still eating. And you guys had way too much food available. It was very tasty. I thank you for that. But I'm more recovering from the eating than the drinking. But, yeah, the game of golf and how specific it is and the different things to to hone in on, it's just a flood of information. But you think of it as a gentleman's sport, which means it's kind of not a sport, but it's very much a sport. I do. So Brandon gained a newfound respect for golf because you're right. I remember last year, Brandon said, oh, I just took a break in the middle and disappeared from his team for about three holes to go eat and recuperate. What what, what's interesting to me is, is seeing Brandon play and Brandon's not a great golfer, but and I don't say I don't want to say that in a mean way. Most people aren't. Most people aren't. And. You were the you golfed the least amount of all of us, and you took direction very well. But you said it: a lot can get put in your mind, and when you start yeah. thinking too much, man, it just goes sideways. But you were out there trying. The only thing I didn't understand, Brandon, was when the rest of your team was on the green putting, you would still be in the middle of the fairway for some reason. Yeah, we and were I playing a scramble why. format yeah. for people out there, so you're taking the best look of every shot that you have on the hole, and we would routinely see the rest of Brandon's team walking off the green, yeah. and he would be hitting an approach shot from 75 what, what yards out. What were you out. doing? Listen, I'm new to the sport, so I was playing my ball. Like, I understand there's a different game at... at, at, at the- well, like I know it's a scramble for the team, but what about my learning about the chip shots and you know the the mid game? Like Brandon, I need to work on me. Brandon, the whole idea of a scramble is to play as a team, but more importantly, to keep it moving. Yeah. So the group behind you isn't waiting for your slow ass to get out of the fairway while the rest of your team is off the green. This makes so much sense because (laughs) I was the group behind Brandon. It was the slowest round I've ever been a part of. So much so that when we got a gap coming off like the 15th hole at the Warren Golf Course, which shout out to Kyle, everybody over at the Warren who made this happen and helped us put on that day through the rain. There's after the 15th hole, you're back at the clubhouse and we had all the food and drink at the turn and so while brandon's group was distracted by food and drink we decided to jump them for the final three holes we were debating i don't know if it's poor form in a charity tournament to skip ahead of somebody else's group (laughs) but we decided we'd like to finish our round about 45 minutes earlier than we were on pace for because brandon decided to play his own ball in a charity scramble (laughs) listen I'm, this is Country Club, Brandon. I'm learning about the new things like etiquette and like where to put the forks and the knives and the putters. But listen, it's all learning experience, and there's no better teachers than you guys. <laughs> I love the learning experience. Scramble is not hard. You all play the best shot, and you keep playing it. I mean, but he he's saying he wanted to get the added reps in here. Format be damned. So you know what, Brandon? Wow. Brandon right. saw a fork in the road, and he chose the more difficult path. Right. Part of me thinks that's commendable. Dad, what was your favorite part of the weekend? Mine was definitely the party Sunday night. I'm just I'm you know when you're planning this thing, and again we've talked about Mara Gallagher how she plans it yeah. between her and your mother. Yeah, I mean those two are the ones that really get this thing going and then when you see it all come together 
on that Sunday night when the celebs are there and all the people that paid to golf are there and the tent is full and the drinks are flowing and the food is there. That that made me feel good, you know, and just talking to everybody and really thanking everybody for coming there. The golf is almost the icing on the cake, right? right. Everybody's in these tournaments. You golf, you know, sometimes it rains, sometimes it doesn't. You smoke a cigar, you drink a beer or a transfusion or two, and you play. You know, and then you look at a lone guy standing in the middle of the fairway when his team is off the green wondering what the hell's going on. But we, we figured that out now. So it is definitely Sunday night when, when you can kind of hang out with everybody. Well, and my favorite part of Sunday night, which Dad is conveniently leaving out now, is the fact that once again, he just finds his way into the stage in front of a microphone. So we finish up the live auction portion of the night and everyone kind of gets turned loose to go do their thing, finish talking with people. And if they have to leave them, we've already been there for a couple of hours right, so right. everyone can got to get home i'm going out to say goodbye to a couple of my friends that had to go home and relieve babysitters of duty and i turn around and i hear the familiar chorus of brandy by looking glass start to play and then i look up and i notice we had had a dj there it was not the sound of looking glass singing this but it was you moseying up on stage to do more unprompted karaoke so somehow you found a way to go ahead and take center stage yet again on it this. was not my fault that was mara where i was i was doing some house cleaning with the microphone and I finished, and I was giving the mic back to Mary, and she said, no, hang on to that microphone for a minute. I had no idea why. Oh, yeah. I, I swear I you, didn't. Oh, you. this was this was like in Anchorman when Ron Burgundy gets, Burgundy gets asked to play jazz flute at the club and just starts pulling it out of his sleeve. Oh, no, I couldn't possibly, I, guys. I, I, I didn't know it was going to happen. Mary turned to the DJ. He played Looking Glass, and I was like, no, no, there's a put." On a western bay, and it says a hundred ships a day, lonely sailors. I couldn't pass it up. Yeah, no, it's I had to go, and I had to sing. That's my song. Which, what would you guys think about this? Next year, at the third annual uh, Golik Subpar Classic, after the live auction, when everybody's kind of, it's kind of over now and free to do your thing, that we have karaoke available. Oh, Yes. Okay, see, I I, I, I want to take a poll of other people to find out, because you and Brandon jumped at that right away, obviously, and like I learned something about myself this weekend, which is I can only perform when the lights are on. Yeah. <laughs> I played terrible golf on yeah. Monday, and the only good shots I had was when I was mic'd up by a news station yeah. or had a camera yeah. on me, yeah. and so this was a moment of self-reflection where, oh my God, I only exist in front of cameras, maybe this is something for my therapist, but... <laughs> We need to find out if there are going to be as many other people that would be as game to do what you do. Because not everyone's got that. Like, you do have a unique gift in your confidence to go up on stage and sing And like they don't that. have to. Listen, that's why the DJ is there. So when people aren't doing it, he's just playing songs. And if someone wants to come up and do it, even if you only get a few people to do it. But I think once some people start doing it and some people start drinking more alcohol... We'll get going in that. Uh, and if nothing else, it'll give you the room yes, to do an entire karaoke show. <laughs> Multiple acts. Songs from all the eras of the Eagles. Some Darius Rucker. Who knows? All right, guys. Let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So, wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Uh, so again, big thank you to everyone who came out, yes. supported all of our friends, some of the great Notre Dame legends, certainly everyone that donated in the silent auction, the live auction, or, or showed up and bought a force into the tournament. Really appreciate everybody's help on that. It means a lot to us. Again, all the money raised goes to uh, a quartet 
of charities right. in the South Bend area <clears throat> yes. mm-hmm. to help out here. The Logan Center, the South Bend Center for the Homeless, uh, Cultivate Food Rescue, food yes. rescue in mm-hmm. uh, Northern Indiana, and then the Humane Society for St. Joseph's County. Right, so right. all groups that we've gotten to work with before, either as student athletes or you and mom being around right. here in town. All great stuff. We appreciate it. And it was very cool this year we could have some of the current student-athletes there. We had them there from the men's lacrosse team that won a national title, women's basketball team, men's basketball team, the women's swimming team, football as well. Uh, Sam Hartman, uh, the quarterback now for the Fighting Irish, threw out some footballs to help raise some money. So that was a a nice little twist we were able to do. Yep, exactly. So looking forward to that. We may also be hearing from Sam Hartman on this program a little later this week uh, as well since we're out here. Um, but yeah, that was it. Was really cool to see all. Yeah. It was funny watching people like sheepishly go up to like Olivia Miles from the basketball. Team oh, exactly. Like, so how's the knee doing? Like yeah. we're feeling good. Yeah. We're ready to go for this season. All that stuff. It's uh, it, it was fun seeing that mix uh, out there as well. But Dad, speaking of college sports, we had the College World Series and the men's side come to an end yesterday. Uh, really, it was the major sporting event was going on in the world yesterday, and LSU after getting housed by yep. like a football score in game two of this series against Florida. I think the final score ended up being like 24 to 3 in game 2 after LSU had won game 1 forced the rubber match. They came out and boat raced Florida to win the national championship. Now they're 7th as a program. They beat them 18 to 14 and no surprise Paul Skeens the lumberjack of a pitcher that transferred over from Air Force named the most outstanding player of the tournament there, but dad it also culminates maybe the most dominant run in anything in any sport history, which is the Jello Shot Challenge for yes. LSU. Yeah. I haven't seen a final tally yet, so it is Rocco's, the store, the um, the restaurant across the street from the College right. World Series site. They have done the Jello Shot Challenge board for a while now. The previous record from Ole Miss was like eighteen thousand, and fifteen hours ago. So this is before the celebration coming from the national championship, which surely netted them more, oh, without a doubt. LSU is already sitting at a staggering 64,808 Jello shots purchased. I mean, they've they've blown away the record. The record was 18,300 I mean, and, and I know there were people complaining, should it count that somebody bought 6,000, you know, in a round? Yes. So what? How do you yes. account for the other 58,000? Exactly right. They were smashing the record no matter what. So kudos to them. That may be more impressive than in these three games. I think the first game was a normal score. The first game was a really close it, game. It was. It ended in a walk-off hitting like the it, bottom of the it, 11th Yeah. Inning, so, so you thought, oh man, what a great series this is going to be. Then twenty four to four in the game two to Florida, and then eighteen to four in the deciding game. So, as a fan, I would rather see the close game. If you're from LSU, you love this. Go ahead and blow it out and have some fun, which is what they did. Congratulations to them. I mean, what a season they had! What fifty four and seventeen overall. And in the only time this word is used is in playoffs. They staved off elimination three times. Three times in bracket play. Again, it's the only time staved is used. Yes, it's staved it's off strictly that. a sports world. So, you know, they, they they held that off three times and end up now winning uh, the championship. So, against Florida, uh, Florida had a, a monster year themselves. Um, so, it was a, a I was going to say it was a great series, but it really wasn't. I mean, it was a great first game, yeah. and then it was two complete blowouts. So, you're sitting down getting your popcorn ready, hoping for those great games, and you just didn't get him, unfortunately. You got a lot of dingers, man. You got though, a lot of dingers. Which was I awesome. Mean, LSU yeah. and their gaggle of hosses just could not stop beating baseballs to death. Yeah. Which was fun. So, And they have really become the dominant program of note. I think all time they only trail USC. Right. USC and their has titles, 12. But yeah. US, most of USC's titles came like well before the 1950s or something. Yeah, like well, before 1978. They there, came before oh, yeah. that. Uh, Basically so it's, 1950s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are an idiot. LSU, uh, that's their seventh title. And as Mike mentioned, USC has 12, but a lot of them came a lot of years ago. I love what you can kind of make work, though, in this. LSU, and, and there's a note in there, they're the first Division One school to have a baseball national championship and basketball national championship, whether it be men's or women's. This, yeah. In this case, it was... In the same year. In the same year. In this case, it was obviously men's baseball and women's basketball. With Kim, Kim Mulkey, Mulkey was in attendance was there. Was in attendance there. The first time that's happened to win a championship. And I was reading that this morning, and it was your mother who said, wait a minute, you can, you can just kind of 
put that in and make that up because she said, is there any one other Division One school that has won a lacrosse national championship and a fencing national championship in the same year? I doubt Which it. Which is exactly what Notre Dame did. We didn't throw that little nugget in there. So talk about reaching for something to manufacture. First ever. First time ever. This okay. is Brandon's famous ESPN stats. He calls them stats that are just ESPN makes up yeah. to put somewhere. You qualify a bunch of filters when you're going through. The ESPN stats and information department is great. They're oh, they rumors. are. They, they make are. us all better. Yes. But that's 100% the case. So I'm with you on that. Watching the celebration did reinforce something, though. One of my most feared situations in sports, championship dog pile. Being on the bottom of that pile? Terrifying. Yeah. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. To be, because they're not just going to hop on and get off very quickly. So there's going to be about 10 seconds that feels like an hour when you're down at the bottom of that pile, pile where you fear for your life after what should be the happiest moment of it so far. So, and, and the key thing there is if you break down the dog pile, it's how do you fall before everybody goes on top of you? Are you in a position on the bottom of the dog pile where your arms aren't able to be by you so everybody is just kind of crushing you? Can you be on your stomach, on your elbow, so you have a little bit of space so you can breathe Do down there? Do you go there? fetal? Yeah. How, how, what's the best way to be? At, and, and can you get to that position once you hit the ground and everybody's on top, or do you Whoa. get pinned? And that's the thing is LSU had time to prepare because the score got oh, right, so right. blown out of proportion. Just a matter of time. That right. they knew, all right, and the uh, the final batter, it was two outs. There was two, uh, it was an 0-2 count. So they knew it's coming yeah, up coming pretty up. soon. So right. you've got time to work through that a little bit. Because the other factor, and someone pointed this out to me on Twitter, spikes. Oh, Baseball yeah. spikes, different yeah. breed than the rest of the cleats that we're working with. That's so true. all of a sudden, if you're trapped down there and you got a straight arm or hand, you catch a friend, you you catch a little bit of friendly fire down yeah. there, and your championship celebration is not nearly as fun. And you can't hear anybody yelling, "Get off!" No, get off! Because everybody's screaming, "Get off, man!" Oh yeah, he's just yelling, "Go off, yeah. kings!" and supporting <laughs> his friends. This is hell of his own creation. Oh, uh, congratulations yes. uh, to LSU, who has now also made famous the celebration between Joe Burrow, Angel Reese, and now I saw I think it was Dylan Cruz last night pointing to the pointing ring to the ring out in the court. Co-op that LSU. Go Tigers. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans, we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. So we got a bunch of good football to get to, some hard knocks news right. bubbling, uh, an interesting list from our friend Bill Barnwell over at ESPN that I think could provide some context going into this season for a few of the most important quarterback situations in the NFL. But Dad, did you see the viral gender reveal video I did. from it the other awesome. day? It was uh, awesome. So for anyone that missed it, and thank you to the many people that tweeted this relentlessly at this. Uh, I saw Charlie Kravitz, uh, who's the producer of uh, Dominique's podcast, the Dominique Foxworth Show, and um, debatable over at ESPN, was the first person I saw tweet this at me. Former Kansas State offensive lineman and current Orlando guardian in the XFL, Abdul Beecham, and his uh, fiance had their gender reveal party. His fiance, uh, whose name just moved down on the screen here, uh, Nautica Perez. Okay. Uh, had their gender reveal party pl planned. It was about them and 50 friends out in their lawn. And they each had those smoke poppers right, right. that they were going to pop and the color of the smoke was going to signify the gender. And they get the blue smoke. And as the person filming bore witness to, immediately after that happened, Abdul Beecham, who is beefed down to his bones, 
decided to immediately hit an offensive line pass set. Gave a little kick slide, a little power step, got the change of direction shown off in there, and all of a sudden went super viral. The NFL's Twitter account's tweeting it. Everybody's getting out there, and it's a celebration of large excellence on the timeline. I love to see it. Congratulations to them yep, on the absolutely. baby boy they've got coming their right. way. Very exciting news uh, for everybody involved. Uh-huh. Dad, I'll ask two questions, though, and I want to start first. Is anyone watching on DraftKingsNetwork.com is seeing right now Abdul and his fiance? They launch the blue, and then here we go. Spikes it, and then immediately gets down into a two-point stance, and he starts. It's almost like mirror dodge. He gets a little kick slide first. Yep, defender yep. redirects inside, so he's got to shut off inside because, you know, you want to protect inside out got first. To. It's the easiest path mm-hmm. for the quarterback. So I award him points on that. The change of direction was strong. Uh, I, I think David Ubbin over at The Athletic actually caught up with him. And he said the only critique he had for himself was that he needed to get his hands up a little more. He was carrying his ah, hands a little okay. bit too low. All right. Maybe inviting space for the defender to get into his body. So, Dad, you see that rush. First first question, are you getting past that pass that, uh, pass set if you are rushing against <clears throat> Abdul Beecham? I could sit here and say, yes, I am. Nine years in the NFL is a D lineman, of course, I'm getting by there. Probably not. I was not a pass rusher. Yeah. I was I was more of a run stopper. I was not a great pass rusher. Had a couple of moves uh, that I would have tried, but for the most part, it usually didn't go well for me. If somebody was a pretty proficient pass blocker, I was going to be in trouble. Brandon, did you see any openings there? I I, I think he's a tackle, so it's not like you would have seen him a ton on the interior, really, either of you, Dad, right. in your college days, maybe? Right. Maybe but in my college days, an outside backer. Brandon, yes. just in general, you see that pass set right there. Do you see any openings there? Is there anything we need to worry about with Abdul? Absolutely. I would hate his lunch. Um, oh, see, I, I knew I, that was coming. You knew that. Well, I, I'm, I'm obviously a bigger body person, so he's going to expect the bull rush. So he's setting his feet down and a nice little push-pull over the shoulder. I don't even have to do a full swipe, just a little, you know, just a little swipe just over little. the hands. Like, because his hands were low. I mean, I, I think that's an, that's an easy for a game. I'll come back, communicate with, uh, with my defensive lineman to, to watch him, you know, stuff like that. The two moves that I could do decently was a swim move. I, I'd pop. With uh, and get get a hold and do a swim move or knock the hands down, um, but yeah. if I had an old lineman who did kind of that wide kind of yep. kind of set with his hands that went out wide, I was I was in trouble. That he got it. a hold of me, I was done. That's all he needed to do is just dice grip you. That's there. it. Brandon Brandon is pantomiming a long arm right now. Is this yeah, a bull stab, arm. Brandon? You, you stab the chest and 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 kind of extend, make your body even longer. Get that get that arm so so when you get that real good pull when he sets. And he just falls in on himself. You know, that's the sack all day. Three gap. Or, the man's know, having gap. a baby. The man is, his wife's having a baby and, and we're, we're breaking down how, well, how we can beat him. This is, this is why I asked that dad, because my next question is he said that this was an instant reaction. He claims that once the good news hit his bloodstream, this just took over and his body just naturally did the thing that came most natural to him, really? which was a pass set. Do you believe him? Because while I support what he did, I do not believe him. I think that this was predetermined. Like most things, oh, Lyman, we're not read and react creatures. That's y'all. We walk up to the line every game and we have a plan. Every play, we have a plan. That's the advantage we have. We know the snap count, and we know what the play is supposed to be, and we've got an idea of the things that are going to happen. You certainly adjust on the fly, as we saw with the change of direction with him there. All I'm saying is, I think that O-linemen are too neurotic to not walk into that situation with a plan. And I think he knew, especially if he saw blue smoke and saw a son that he might be able to pass on these O-line traits and techniques to, I think he was going to hit this, and it would double as potential tape to get out there to teams that might be ready to sign him as a guy that's likely mm-hmm. trying to make his way back to the NFL, I'm, Chestnut Checkers. I'm, I'm, I can almost believe him because of what happened. After they, they we saw the blue smoke, somebody came in to hug her, right? Yes. So I think he may have been caught like, what do I do? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> instead of me hugging her, somebody else was coming in to hug her. So now I'm just standing here. So let me default into what I do best. Boom, kickstand or kickstep. Yeah. Wow. Brandon, do you believe him? No. If offensive linemen are one thing, they're liars. Uh, They hide information. They try to, you know, slide a hand. They try to act like magicians at times. He was planning that the entire time. Uh, Obviously, the cameraman wasn't. He would have got those feet moving a little better. Uh, But I, I, the, the, even the whole thing about, way to set the narrative that he, he came up with it last second. Like he added that in there just to seem cool and it worked. 
Wow. It did. This is also, even if it's true, again, I'm not knocking him. This is a prime example of never let the truth get in the way of a good story. That's exactly right. Yes. Because this yes. reads like yes. a great story now. I agree with that. And yep. if he potentially does, like if you're an NFL team right now and you're a little bit thin on depth heading into training camp, maybe you got a guy that gets injured, what would it hurt to take a look at Abdul Beecham? All of a sudden, you get this fun viral video going into camp, and maybe it's a little bit of extra added good pub, a nice feel-good story. What if his agent tried that, and what if the feedback was, well, his hands were a little low? That'd be tough. That'd be a tough scene. That'd be, and then you blame the baby, and you say, wow, are you anti-parenthood? And then you've got them leveraged right, right there. Right. Now, maybe we could see. So congratulations to Abdul, Nautica, his fiance, and their growing family right now. We hope to continue to see him on football fields near you. Dad, uh, clever segue here. Maybe the fine folks of the New York Jets might think about this. One, because O-line is somewhat of a concern for them going into the season. And two, uh, according to Mike Florio over at fo uh, Pro Football talk it sounds like the jets are getting ready to get strong-armed into doing hard knocks they're one of the four teams the nfl can force to do it right. even though in general they don't like you know it's the mike tomlin line we want volunteers not hostages right. in general they don't like to force teams into this but it sounds like the jets meet the criteria and of the teams that we know are, are going to be up there and i think the washington commanders were one it's, of the other it's teams. the jets the saints the bears and the commanders right. and and, and out, out of that so Certainly with, with Aaron Rodgers, they're the most interesting. The only problem is, see, I think hard knocks as a whole is kind of falling off. I only see it going on for another year or two, unless there's some kind of contractual thing Oh, you think on. they'd stop doing it? I, well, I mean, I, I don't have in front of me, like, the ratings or the viewers, but it seems like it's not as interesting as it was. Now, for Detroit last year, which I loved with Dan Campbell, and so many people fell in love with Dan Campbell, but also, I didn't I didn't watch them as they were coming on, and I don't even know if I watched them in order. Where in years previously, oh. I would stick right with them, but I I didn't have as much interest. I I don't think they're as good. I think they're a little too too little too little too going by a formula now. I don't think they're getting the access that they had or the personalities that they want. You know, as outgoing as it had been. So. In all honesty, oh. I think it's going downhill a little Totally bit. disagree with your really? assessment of the Lions hard knocks. It was excellent. No, no, no. I, it was. My point is I've been down on hard knocks, so I, I wasn't sure what to expect with Detroit, so I kind of watched it out of order. But it, that was a good one. Yeah. But I think I've, a couple years, it hasn't been as good. It, it hasn't been, but what I'd say is, to your point about if it would go away or not, they started doing an in-season hard knocks. Now, I want to see the numbers on those because it was like the Colts and the Cardinals, yeah. and I don't think anybody I, I, I don't either. And then but, if, you, if you're not into it, who, who they obviously want Aaron Rodgers to be a major part of it. But if Aaron Rodgers isn't into it, oh, see, or unless he wants to pull, push his psychedelics, which he wants to get legalized, you know, maybe that'll make it interesting. Well, one, we know Aaron Rodgers won't be able to help himself. Aaron Rodgers yeah. loves the microphone. He so does. he's going to find his way in front of the cameras for this. But, Dad, the reason I think the Jets could work really well is, one, if there's a little bit of tension with the cameras being there, we kind of like that. That was James Harrison back when the Bengals were on yeah, Hard Knocks, right, and he right. was giving the middle finger to the camera the whole time. Yeah. That was kind of fun. But also... I think you've got guys in this team that are already ready to step up to the mantle. Think about when they were recruiting Aaron Rodgers to come over this offseason. When we had that middle period of thirst between both parties yeah. where you had guys like Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner and Brees Hall and all those dudes wearing cheese hats, publicly thirsting and pining for Aaron Rodgers. If they were willing to do that then for no professional production or exposure, imagine what personalities like that. Sauce Gardner is Taylor made Sauce Gardner, I'm, I'm looking at Quinn and Williams on that defensive right? side. he's a star. I hope, I hope. I'm just saying, in my eyes, this show has fallen off. And, oh, and, it's definitely not what it was yeah. when we had like the early 2000s Ravens where you had that yeah. one player doing the Shannon Sharp impression yeah. that went was viral. Just awesome. It wasn't, you know, Rex Ryan and the Jets. The, the bottom, Let's go get a yeah. God bleep and snap. The bottom thing is, is you have to get some buy-in from the players. And you have to find those players and or coaches that had that personality. Dan Campbell was a, obviously a monster win in all of this. So, but I, I just think as an overall show, it, it's just fallen off. Yeah, I, I think that's the Jets. Though I think present an interesting antidote to that. And you're right; it's about the buy-in. But Brandon, I also think that part of this is 
You've got a team that was bad enough to qualify that's got what has been the most polarizing quarterback in football for about three years now. And so whatever you get from him, and I'd imagine just again, given how much we've seen Aaron Rodgers on podcasts, on McAfee's show, all these places, he's a guy when if he's given an opportunity, and there seems to be a good enough relationship between hard knocks and these teams where you're not going to get aired out for something, right? right? If right. something goes in there, you're probably usually going to have some say in what makes it out. I'd imagine if you're the league kind of the same way with mic'd up right where only certain things make it out there once it gets through all that Aaron Rodgers is going to have an opportunity to use this to his advantage and I would be stunned if he didn't take it I don't think that Aaron Rodgers likes this one bit I love this because I think Aaron Rodgers hates this honestly because if he was choosing what team to be on do you think he would ever elect to get on a team that was going to be on hard knocks I think not so the fact that we have such a high-profile quarterback going into the season, we've seen how hard knocks works. There's something that happens in week eight, and we connect it to a quote that Dan Campbell said in preseason. Like, this is going to be all over Aaron Rodgers, and this is another obstacle that he has to uh, hurdle to jump over when it comes to being the, the New York Jets' new quarterback. But I, I do love it because this is perfect My- for New York, and this is perfect for that franchise. My biggest thing is how does he show up to camp? And I think he's going to play it normal this year. Remember last year? It was like Nicolas Cage from Con Air. Yes. You know, with the slick back hair and the, and the white muscle t-shirt uh, coming into camp. I wonder if he does some. I always like the, the, the camp arrivals. You know, some people do the different things or what Aaron will do because obviously if it's on hard knocks, that's where a lot of it starts when these guys are coming to camp. Yeah. Based on Aaron's current trajectory in New York, where we've seen him out and about at all sorts of yep. events, sporting events, yep. sporting events, he's been going to Broadway shows with his teammates. Maybe he incorporates something of the local flavor, or at least in his mind, yeah. what he considers Maybe. the local flavor. Because the guy's coming from Wisconsin, so he's in a cultural state of shock right now as he's being inundated with all these activities around him. Yeah. Maybe he incorporates it in. Uh, we will see. Uh, one other thing on the NFL front, and I, it's kind of related to this. I saw Bill Barnwell did a list on ESPN.com I wanted to ask you guys about. Uh, Bill Barnwell does a great job. The Bill Barnwell Show is an awesome podcast. Did a po- uh, list breaking down the top skill groups for each team going into 2023. So wide receiver, tight end, and running back. He focused on the top five contributors overall from those positions and factored in things like injury history and suspension availability wide receivers were more heavily rated than running backs you know uh, all these things down the list and what we got was a list where i think at the top dad the names aren't that surprising no they're not no you have the 49ers at number one the Bengals at number two the eagles at three the seahawks at four and the chargers at five is there anything in there that surprises you at all about that grouping because it feels pretty spot on given what weighted here which i'd imagine you know age you've got so much youth in the skill room in a place like philadelphia and a place like cincinnati so those things all seem to make sense at the top yeah they do because remember this is supposedly not the quarterback correct yes the quarter this is quarterback agnostic and and i think sam fran gets the number one slot because of christian McCaffrey being there now right because i would have thought about cincinnati being with you know with the wide receivers they have, but also you know San Francisco with the running back and tight end. Yeah, I mean that that's just that's what put them at number one. And Bill rightly brought up this is even with the fact that Christian McCaffrey's dealt with a bunch of injury right. in recent years. George Kittle misses games every year. Debo Samuel misses games every year. But Brandon Ayuk is getting even more buzz oh, right now. Yeah, had a career last year. Yeah, had a great year last year. So all that makes sense. The Chargers being up there is a reminder every year of why we all drink the Kool Aid and end up disappointed when this team is somehow too injured to party by the midseason form. Big year for Kellen Moore going out there, taking over the reins as the offensive coordinator with that grouping there. And also, this is probably a reminder, too, of the situation that Geno Smith walked into last year. How about that? Because a lot of that, too, was you know that receiver pairing of DK Metcalf and company that get them really over the top. Yeah, you, Seattle is four in this. And obviously, you have Metcalf and Lockett, uh, you know, Smith and Jigba there as well. Yeah, this is so, about the 2023 season. So factoring in that Jackson Smith and Jigba, right. who remember was the best wide receiver yeah. in a wide receiver room that included Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave two yeah. years ago at Ohio State, yeah. is now the third best receiver on this team. Yeah, and and Kenneth Walker had the monster year last yeah. year at running back. So that that's that's impressive. They're one of the teams to me this year to wonder: Are they going to take a step forward, or is Geno? Listen. Geno Smith, I love what he did. I love how he got paid. That was a great thing. But also, he does not had a stellar NFL career. So I think a lot of people are wondering, can he repeat what he did? 
or will it be a step back to what we're more used to with Geno Smith? I hope he plays great. I always want players to do well. I want him to get paid, but Seattle is going to be an interesting story to me. And it, it's interesting because, again, these aren't factoring in O-lines. No, they broke no. in two rookies last they year. They did, Abraham exactly. Lucas and then um, Charles Cross on the other side. Right. They're a young group that have been taking big steps there. So that was interesting. But, Dad, I, I think this list is a good idea. As we get closer to the NFL season, we'll have division previews and stuff coming up is... The rookie quarterbacks are walking into skill position hell. Yes. Now, it doesn't tell the whole story because, like, the Texans were 32nd. The Panthers were 31st. The Titans were 29th. The Colts were 25th. All of those, not surprising given what we know about those teams, right? The Titans have figured to have one of the worst right. skill groups. That's why the DeAndre Hopkins conversation has been so important for them. The Texans, another one. Young team in a lot of areas. Damian Pierce at running back is probably their best sell like, of the young exactly crowd. right, yes. But that one, too, you get to factor in, right? You've got Laramie Tunsil at least protecting him on the O-line. For the Panthers, you've got all five starters coming back to protect Bryce Young. But these guys are all, for the most part, especially those two, probably going to get thrown into the fire early, and it's going to probably be pretty ugly early oh, on. Oh, it is, yeah. The only th saving grace, I think, is that, again, not a part of this list, they are going to be better protected than most rookies yeah. in their position usually are. Always interested to see how the rookies uh, do in this in Carolina. Bryce Young taking over there for a team that traded away Christy McCaffrey, traded away DJ Moore. Right. You know, so it's like, ah, you know, some were there and now they're not. So they're 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 in a rebuilding mode. And Houston's been doing that for a while now. So it, it will be interesting because I'm with you. The offensive lines aren't involved in this and how they have kind of progressed. I, I think the one that makes me most curious is the Colts at 25th. So they're of the group of the four rookie quarterbacks that we think of most in this draft class. They're the one with on this list, the best skill group. They've got an offensive line that struggled, fell back far from their standard last year, but now is getting a quarterback that can be a dynamic part of their run game with Jonathan Taylor in that backfield and Shane Steichen coming over who runs an offense that can be very friendly to both that he's bringing from Philadelphia. And so while he's the quarterback with the least experience, Dad, at least on paper in some ways now, again, the Panthers have a really good defense on the other side that could help out. The same goes for the Titans in that situation. But it does make the situation for Anthony Richardson in Indianapolis even more interesting because at least at the beginning it's not to say what they'll be long term right. but at the beginning it seems like there's a few more things that they can do to assimilate him quickly based on what they've got versus what some of these other teams are going to do. Well they, they need that O-line to come back and play like they did. Right? Yes, I in mean, a big obviously way. Obviously they need that because that was one of the best O-lines in football. Uh, what was interesting to me is the, the team that's the lowest rated that was in the playoffs. That was the Giants. Giants are 27th playoff team last year, and their skill position is ranked 27th in this article. And that's probably a good reminder of why they need to get the Saquon Barkley yes, deal done. Do. And I've maintained, I think, that reason because the trajectory they're on, the holes they still have to fill, and the fact that making sure Daniel Jones is in a position to succeed remains the most important part yeah. of this. Now that you've signed him to another kind of prove-it deal, Getting this deal done with Saquon Barkley, making him feel a little bit of the love. And he right. said, I don't need a market-setting deal. Just give him a good deal. Give him a good deal. Yeah. Get him signed for the next three years and keep this core together so that Brian Dable can build on that trajectory from year one to year two in New York. All right, Dad. Uh, let's finish this off as we always do with this, that, and the third. Three quick stories to finish off the day. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us a five-star rating. Check us out on the DraftKings YouTube channel and tell us more of what you want to see. And, Dad, let's start off with this. Uh, cool story and presents a question yes. that we have batted around yes. here recently on this show. So, Devin Allen from the Philadelphia Eagles, who is a current wide receiver for them, was on the practice, practice squad, squad last right. year, who took some time off after he finished up playing football and running track at Oregon to pursue more of the track side of his dreams. He posted his fastest time in the 110-meter hurdles this year at the U.S. Uh, Olympic uh, USA Track and Field NYC Grand Prix. He ran a 13.04, which is tied for the fourth fastest time in the world this year. Right. Um, and so he did that and talked about what this meant to him currently in the off-season program and what's coming up here. The next event that he's going to compete at is the USA Track and Field Outdoor Championships, July 6th through 9th in Eugene, Oregon. Right. If he were to qualify for the World Championships, that would take place August 18th to 27th in Budapest, Hungary. 
And he got asked about the decision and kind of gave a non-answer about would he go and try and pursue the world championships or would he go to training camp? You brought this up the other day. Uncle Bob would have had this yeah. potentially as a problem were it not for rules that prohibited right, you right. being a professional in one sport and being an Olympic athlete in the other sport. So I ask you, Dad, for you, wrestling was your other sport, your yes. other great love. If you had this same decision to make but for wrestling where you could either go to training camp as a player trying to make a team or you can go and pursue your Olympic dream, which would you have done? I would have pursued my Olympic dream. Now, he's been to two Olympics. Yeah. And he placed fifth and fourth. That's one spot from the podium. Right. So, I, I, and here's the other thing I think that could happen. If he does well, or maybe even if he doesn't, but he does well, like if I went to, or Bob went to wrestling or I went to wrestling and did well, I almost think you're going to get another chance at football because of that. I think if he went well and did well, he was on a practice squad last year, that somebody would give him a chance to get back on the squad again, whether it's a practice squad and elevate yourself up. But we know when you get into pro sports, it's it's a very limited time frame, right? Yeah. Track and field's got to be even more limited than football, probably, right? And the last time this guy played football was in 2016 at Oregon. If I'm him, I exhaust that. I because this may be it. He's 28 years old. Yeah. So this may be the last go around for a world championship, and then next summer, you know, the Olympics in France, the Summer Olympics in France, it may be the last go around for him. I would exhaust that. I actually think there would be an NFL team that would appreciate that. Think that's a great thing, and give him at least a chance to get on a roster. I think so because the calling card is speed. And yeah, as we exactly know, right. this league's most valuable currency, <clears throat> yeah. the first thing every D coordinator is going to put up on there is who's the fast guy that we have to worry right. about. So not to say that's the only thing, but you could just impact the right. game in so many ways, special teams, exactly. other stuff that way. The only thing that would give me pause might be the financial portion. I just don't know what you make as someone pursuing track and field the way he does with that as the background. I don't either. Because the money's a lot different than when you were coming into the league where you're making 60 grand a year. Without question. Where base salaries now are between half a million and yeah. three quarters of a million dollars. And the other, the other tough side of this as well, it could happen on the football field, but you go run track and all of a sudden you yank a hammy. Yeah. You know, and then you're you're you know basically screwed out of both. So, but listen, you you understand that when you're involved in athletics, that injuries are part of it. If I'm him, man, I am I am pursuing that. He's been pursuing. He's been right on the outside looking in. See if he can get on the inside one time. Yeah, I, I really have no offer on this because I had never had an Olympic sport that I loved the yeah. way you loved wrestling. <laughs> yeah. So I would have chosen football, right. Just because that was what I was always pursuing, and that's where the money would be too. But a good problem to have uh, for Alan here, who's got that speed to burn. Uh, Dad, let's get to that. Connor McDavid, once again, taking up some hardware. The NFL, NHL had their honors and awards show the other night on Monday, and Connor McDavid took home the Hart Trophy for the league's most valuable player and the Ted Lindsay Award for the NHL's Players Association's most outstanding player. He's now won his third Hart Trophy and his fourth um, trophy uh, from the NHLPA. Right. He becomes just the third four-time recipient of that award, joining Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux. Yeah. Decent company for a guy who's 26 years old yeah Wayne has five Mario has four and now Connor has four this guy is 26 yet he just finished his eighth year in the league his eighth year in hockey and he's 26 years old and he came in with all that in a bag of chips yeah. right and he has lived up Right, he has absolutely lived up to it. And I think that's an important point because Connor McDavid's a guy who also, his team in Edmonton has not right. advanced past a certain point in the playoffs, has not lifted a Stanley Cup. And so he's still allowed to win all these awards because he came in as the chosen one because right. he's so clearly physically gifted. He's yep. all these things. He sticks out like a sore thumb out there. I'm so glad there's not a polluted discourse around right. this in the NHL well, where he would Nikola Jokic him and say, well, can we really give him another right. MVP when he hasn't done all this? He's approaching all this history like being tied with Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux for being able to do this but we don't hold that against him one because it's hockey so the discourse is different right. but also I think just as important he wasn't chosen during a Taco Bell ad during the draft Very he true. doesn't look like Very true. a high school offensive lineman physically he's one of the biggest physical freaks out there and he was the chosen one from the jump and all he's done is live up to that this year arguably his best offensive year as a pro but as far as you say never lifting the cup or getting close to that look at baseball Trout and Shohei Otani. Yeah. These guys have both taken home hardware in the American League, and they they don't even get into the playoffs, let alone close to a, a World Series. So, and we wonder if that's coming to an end. If Otani Shohei is going to be somewhere else, uh, but but Trout has been considered the best player in the sport 
for a number of years and that team hasn't gone anywhere. I think it's another reason to show that you can't hold it against. I heard somebody say, Shoei Otani, yeah, come come back to me when you get into the postseason. What a stupid take. Was that Stugatz? Uh, no, it was like, not. I, I can say, honestly, it no, just no, sounds no. like Stugatz. That wasn't Stugatz. <laughs> but what a ridiculous take. I mean, know the sport. Baseball, you can't sit there and say because you have one person you're going to make it into the postseason or have a shot at the World Series. You got to have you got to have a number of people in that sport to build around you for the effect that only one person can have. Even though in his case, it's pitching and it is hitting, right. which is which is pretty impressive. But uh, yeah, I don't want to hear that argument. The, the the key thing for me is because the Angels are in it right now. They're right there from the division and the wild card, so they're coming up with it with a conundrum of what do you do with Shohei Otani? You hang on to him to try and make that run, and then fearfully you lose him to get nothing yep. you know after that so that, that'll be interesting yeah that's coming down very very soon so we'll keep our eyes on that all summer but dad let's get to the third I don't know if there can be better news than finding out at this point that Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney want to invest in whatever operation you've got going on so the guys who already have become so famous for their role in Wrexham FC the team that they bought in the fifth tier of English soccer that now just this last year after two years as a part of their Hulu show an experience documenting their takeover of the team now works its way up to the fourth tier of the uh, English soccer league over there are now putting their money in Formula One they bought an equity stake about 24% in the Alpine racing team and that is and it's Alpine I Alpine think. I, yeah, I know I knew I, know. I was gonna pronounce it I know. wrong I'm sorry well, Formula One people my partner Golix and Smetty Jess who's big in F1 she corrected me so yeah. they were the they used to be Renault and then now they're Alpine and and, and they're they're it, it's those guys, it's gold. And also, Ryan Reynolds had the, the one phone thing, Mint, right? Yes. Which he sold and made a ton. I mean, life's good for that man right now. But you're right. It's like he's, he's just stacking gold at this point. It's like getting involved with The Rock, like Dwayne Johnson. You know it's going to hit. You well, know things are going to go well. And like at a time right now where so much of our conversation around investment in sport is oh, we've got these sovereign funds yeah, coming yeah. in from places that have these horrible human rights track records are going to make you morally conflicted. What a sigh of relief it's got to be when it's just, oh, it's Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds yeah. and Rob McElhaney yeah. showing up to this. Ryan Reynolds, who is on my all-time list of like guys I'd like to have a dinner Without with, dead or alive, yeah. just seems genuinely as cool as he is handsome and funny. That's the thing. He seems like he really, and plus he seems like he really enjoys it you know, being owner in the sports and really is into it. So that's a cool thing. You're right. It's a big difference of the things we've been used to where the money's going. I still can't believe the Ottawa Senators didn't bite on that. That's the one spot he's really gotten rejected from yep, was his attempt right. at the NHL there. Plus, him and his wife, Blake Lively, are really great friends with Taylor Swift. And that's well, always a great added bonus there. Potentially, you get to be a part of the next tour and you really get to reap all the oh benefits. If you've reaped benefits from listening to this podcast, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us a five-star rating and check us out on YouTube. Thanks. We'll talk Boom. Money in the bank.